It is Sam Sermons with another episode of What Do I Do Now? And this is, you know, one of the ones from season one, and I hope to get back to doing this. This is a follow-up with Tondalea Carter. How are you doing? I'm great, Sam. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. So we spoke earlier this season about home ownership, how to buy and sell a property, and ultimately, realty. And I recently had a family member of mine that was selling a home, and they just kind of felt like they were kind of getting to run around with certain things. So in regards to getting ready to sell a home, like, and there's potential buyers, and with the buying contract that you now have, they're letting you know that you need to fix up things before you sell the house to bring up the property value. Right. All right, so when it comes to that, you're hoping the value jumps, like, roughly how much? It depends on what's being repaired. Uh, you, it's no one price. Right. Um, the biggest things that will bring you a return in a residential property is updating bathrooms and uh, kitchen. Those okay. are your two biggest returns or adding more square footage to the, to the house. Got you. Okay. So mm-hmm. then you go to a standpoint of where you finally get all that done and the person selling the house, like, oh, I already have a buyer, like the first offer, and they're trying to take that first offer. Do you recommend that first offer, or do you usually want the house to stay on a little bit? How do you gauge on what you try to do in, like, this person trying to, you know, essentially move off this property, but are you interested in that first immediate offer, or are you, like, do you let it, like, sit at least, like, a, a week, a month? Because I know right now, remembering from our first episode, like, this is a buyer's market. Like, there's always going to be someone interested but do you take the first offer? It depends. You know, the only person that can make the decision to make to take that first offer is the seller, um, which is the owner of the property. But it depends on, uh, in this economy, a lot of people do take the first offer because it's what they're looking for. Um, sometimes if you hold out too long and you think it's more coming, you may not get what you're looking at, you're looking for. And then you, you were ready to go, but then you're maybe taking less money. Or maybe the person isn't qualified. And just because you take the first offer doesn't guarantee that you will close. Things can happen. Right. Maybe the person who's purchasing the property, uh, financing falls out, and now the property's back on the market. Um, or they lose their job. The person on the other side, one of the buyer loses their job, and now they can't buy the property. So there's a number of things that can happen. What um, uh, Usually a, a good realtor will suggest that, hey, we've got multiple offers. Maybe they've got their top two favorite, and the owner says, I'll take this one. They'll take the first one, and that's fine, but you can also go back to the other agent and say, hey, do you mind being a backup offer in case the first one falls out? So when the first one falls out, they can just turn around and call Mary Sue and say, hey, that offer fell through. Is your client still interested? And still keep the ball moving down the street. That's a great strategy. Exactly. I think that's, it makes sense. Ethically, Mm -hmm. though, if you were selling a home and you happen to know someone that is in the market for a home and like you think this is a good buy for them um, in good faith, could you say you may drive down the property value so your friend can get the hookup? Have you ever seen that happen? Oh, wow. I have not seen that. Um, And if that person has concerns about that, they will have to come with some serious evidence of it. And then they should approach that person's broker. Because technically, everything that that agent does is under that broker's license. And that broker needs to address it. But they've got to come with hard evidence. That's just like someone saying, oh, hey, when I left my house and let your clients come in to show it, 
I had a diamond necklace sitting on the dining room table and now it's gone. Well, did you really have a diamond necklace or you're just trying to, you know, start drama or claim that someone stole something legit so you can file an insurance report? Right. You got to prove it. Where's the receipt that you bought it? And most people buying diamond necklaces, trust me, they got proof that they bought it. So they will have to come with some proof. If they feel that that was something that occurred, you've got to come with proof. You've got to have those receipts. You can't just say it because it was um, an interest of yours. The owner of the property is the one that's control. I kind of want to say this, but I don't want people to take it wrong. They're in control of selling that home. If they don't want to take the first office, first offer and they feel like the agent is pressuring them to do so, they don't have to take the first offer because at the end of the day, their name is still in that one on that property. Mm-hmm. They need to take what's comfortable for them. And if they don't feel like their agent is acting appropriately, that's what brokers are for. They have to go report them to the broker and have a conversation and let them know what happened and what occurred. And the broker is supposed to handle it from there. All right. Um, I guess the follow-up question to that is in regards to getting to that, I guess, that final stage and whatnot, and, like, the owner, when can the owner, like, really, like, say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable with this? When can they pull out? Like, or it once it's because let's just hypothetically say there's someone that has, you know, shown like, oh, I've got them at home. They're already signing. But the owner hasn't signed yet. They haven't gotten the paperwork or anything like that. So am I correct in saying the owner still has some leverage in regards like I don't yeah, want to sell this house anymore? Yeah, they have to agree that they want to sell the home just because the buyer sent them a contract doesn't mean they have to sell the home to them if they didn't sign to. They didn't agree. You know what I'm saying? They don't have a binding contract if the seller doesn't sign. It's not binding. They can't do anything with it. Now, if they did sign and the contract becomes binding, that's where those due diligent days come in. Depends on how long did they agree those due due diligent days are. They could be three days, five days, ten days. And in that time frame, that's when the seller can say, I'm not interested in selling the property any longer to that person. But they have to have a really good valid reason because it's a lot of (laughs) technical things behind that. Um, So they should be sure that they they really want to sell it to that offer before they do it. But if they've never signed, then they're not stuck into a contract because it's not binding. Well, because you're a realtor and you've actually sold homes and things of that nature, Mm-hmm. Um, the realtor that is like taking the property, like say they had to put someone out, you know, because, you know, of course COVID happened and, you know, people mm-hmm. were like not paying and we, we were waiting on the government to send those mm-hmm. funds and stuff like that. So you've had a situation like that. It graduates to, okay, you finally get that person out. You're the sellers like footing the bills to get the house back in order. And it just kind of like hand it to whoever, like th- that first offer. Like I just... I, I don't want to, like, harp on it, but it's because it's kind of like a family member of mine is going through mm-hmm. that. And I'm just like, they're uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable with it. And I just feel like the there is a fixed end. But, again, you got to prove it. That's the rub. You have to be able to prove you it. You have to prove it. And then, I mean, how many days do they have left on their due diligence? You know, can they, are they, can they get out of it if it's past the due diligence time frame? And they're stuck with selling that house to that person. They got to get in a lawyer to get them out of it, but you're not really going to get out of it because what can happen, the agent who was listing the property can come back and say, okay, if you're trying to get out of this, you still owe me money for listing this property. You owe me a commission because I brought you a valuable buyer. I procured 
a buyer for you for this property, and that's what the contract says that I'm doing. So if I've met those qualifications, they can come after them for that commission. This is when I got to, I'm trying to stay as general as possible, but also mm-hmm. kind of specific. So, but again, if the fix is in and you hooking up somebody, like it's, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a hookup at this point because mm-hmm. again, it's a buyer's market. I don't feel like, you know, right now the people are like, oh, well, there are houses that are sitting. Correct me if I'm wrong. Depends on where they're located. There are some houses that sitting, but that's because they're not up to par. They're not quality. Some people are starting to think they're overpriced because they're in certain neighborhoods, and now you're trying to tell me this neighborhood could bring three hundred thousand dollars when maybe four years ago or three years ago it was one hundred and fifty. You see where I'm going? Yeah. So they're just like, oh no, I don't care what the price of this house is, and I'm not, I don't want to live in that neighborhood for that price. So. It just depends on what's happening. Now, if they really do think that, seriously, they need to contact that broker and say that I feel like I was bamboozled into selling it to this first person because they have options. You, you're the one at the end of the day that make the decision as the homeowner who you want to sell that home to. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, and they can also, if they, you know, after they talk to their broker or whatever, the broker, hopefully that broker can resolve it because to, to, they have to do their own investigation. That's why I said they got to come with receipts. They feel like that's it. Um, but hopefully they're within a due diligence time frame. That makes it a little bit easier to feel to swallow versus I'm already binding and closing it next week. And you are stuck with selling at home. Got to sell it. Got you. Well, I yeah. appreciate you clearing this All up right. for us. Um, mm-hmm. If there's anyone in the Atlanta area that is looking to sell or buy a home or a property, they need to contact you. So give me your information one more time. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Tondalea Carter with KW Commercial. My main focus is commercial realty. So if you know somebody who wants to buy, sell, or lease an office building, um, reach out to me. My tagline on social media is Commercial Realtor TC. And um, DM me. I'll be happy to help. Thank you very much for your time and your help because it's definitely going (laughs) to help somebody today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one, Sam. You too.